I'm Marco Werman. This is The World. An exhibit of vibrant artwork from Down Under ends this week in New York City. The show at Soho's Gallery 95 is called Ancient Land, New Territory. It features work from 12 Aboriginal artists from Australia's Central Desert. As Marlon Bishop reports, Aboriginal painting is a force to be reckoned with on the international art scene. The canvases on the walls at Gallery 95 are covered with amorphous forms and twisting patterns, almost dizzying to the eye. At the show's opening, gallery visitors Carl Ryan and Dana Dawson shared their impressions. I think it just looks kaleidoscopic, uh, very just cool colors, burnt siennas, oranges, yellows. Very vibrant, very uh, interesting to look at, very appealing to the eye. Without a doubt, it's abstract art. The paintings wouldn't be out of place hanging next to Pollock's or Motherwell's. But these works weren't produced in New York or Paris. They were painted in the Australian outback by indigenous artists, artists like Yangi Yangi Fox. We live in a country that has stories all around us, and we put those stories in the painting so that people understand the stories. The canvases are a means of telling the stories. These so-called dreaming stories are a sort of Aboriginal mythology passed down through the generations. The abstract forms in Miss Fox's paintings represent the actions of ancestral beings and geographical features such as hills and waterholes. The stories are an important part of traditional culture, regularly told verbally or sung at family gatherings. <laughs> Mrs. Fox and the other artists from the exhibition live in Kalka, a community of 150 people in Australia's vast central desert, and a four-hour drive to the nearest town with a post office. They paint at Ninaku Arts, one of about 100 indigenous art centers that receives funding from the Australian government. Claire Eltringham manages the center and came to New York with several of the artists to visit the exhibition. Art centers are sort of community-based indigenous-owned organizations. They're one of the only places where people can find employment and support their families. For impoverished villages in the outback, that money is pretty significant. One painting at the Soho show sold for almost $20,000. An Australian government auditor estimates that fine art sales bring in a total of $40 million annually to Indigenous communities. The record sale price for a single painting is $2.4 million for a work by Clifford Possum Japuljari. You can't go anywhere in Australia now and find a gallery that doesn't have Aboriginal art. Fred Myers is an expert on Aboriginal art and culture based at NYU. He says that Aboriginal painting caught on with international audiences in the 80s, partially because of its resemblance to contemporary abstract art. Since then, proceeds from art sales have been used for everything from community swimming pools to dialysis centers. Myers says that the art centers have created an economic model that allows aboriginals to stay in their traditional lands rather than have to migrate to the cities for jobs. They want to stay on the land. They want to stay in their own country. They feel that their country is getting respect and value in the outside world. So there are many, many levels in terms of cultural respect in which this has been important. In general, painting has been a much-needed success story for aboriginals. Indigenous Australians continue to suffer disproportionately from social ills like poverty, alcoholism, and domestic abuse. For Claire Eltringham of Ninaku Arts, the art movement provides a counter-narrative to the kind of patronizing and neglect that has been endemic in Australia for decades. I see it as one of the few places where Indigenous people have got the power to actually determine their future, and it's also through the medium of paint, so it's a really beautiful thing. For the world, I'm Marlon Bishop.